I'm uh, I'm Jeremy Shuck. I'm the director of Encounter Jesus School. This Whoa. is. Does this table have a leaf? No, okay. no, it doesn't. No, we'll just take the corners. You can have the main section. Yeah, you can. My name is Charles Francis Horning III. Uh, I direct uh, prophetic teams and help oversee youth with my wife. I'm Vince Corcoran, and I make Jeremy's job easier. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he does my job, I take the credit. Jeremy makes Vince look good. <laughs> I make me look good. Well, tonight we're going to talk about... <laughs> It's a, it's a peculiar people when we get excited when we find an injured person. <laughs> I was just thinking about that when Olivia was like, yes, she does have a hurt ankle. <laughs> because we know, we know the outcome. We know that the Lord's intention is, is to heal. That when Jesus came, it says... Uh, in 1 John 3, 8, that the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And um, for some reason, we got this weird, like, really complicated idea that God teaches his children lessons through sickness. If... Somebody. If a father on earth, I have, I have three kids, and I am nowhere near as good a father as my father in heaven. I have three kids, and if they were acting up or they really needed to learn a lesson, and I decided to afflict them with some incurable disease, what would happen to me? I would go to prison. That is and get crazy. beat up by all of us. Yes, that was, that is crazy. That's crazy talk. How much better is our Father in heaven? He does not use injury. He does not use sickness. He does not use disease to teach us things. My Bible says that Jesus came to undo all that stuff. And so we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven overcoming the domain of darkness. Charles has got some awesome revelation that he's going to share with us. Um, this, this afternoon, I was really asking the Lord um, about just kind of what he wanted to say tonight, what, uh, what was on his heart um, for tonight. And I, I, I opened up a book um, by a, a, really, a really favorite, like somebody I really just enjoy hearing from uh, on the subject. And something that I really came across that really ministered to me and I, something I really feel like the Lord is um, birthing in, in our house. I use that term a lot. <laughs> I did just have a baby. <laughs> That's probably why. We're, we're, a baby on the we're brain. always in labor. <laughs> no, I, I, really, I, do, I really do feel like the Lord is, um, he has us in this place. Uh, and, and I really, what I feel like is what I called, um, I, t I wrote down on my phone, I called it um, holy hard-headedness. Let that one sink in. It sinks in for me because my, my dad's been telling me I was hard-headed since I was five. I just recently found out that it was a good thing. In some ways, but uh, <laughs> Jesus set his face like flint. flint yeah. Flint's not soft. It's not. It's no. hard. It's real hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so th there, there was really two things: was uh, was happy healing and holy hard-headedness. Um, I really didn't mean to do like H's there, but that's what happened. Um, so I feel like that happy healing that just kind of like what Olivia was saying that uh, healing's going to fall in our laps that we're going to we're really going to be healed uh, as we're just really introduced to the the person of joy um, not Duda but but she helps too she helps too um, and then just I just really felt like just 
intense determination. Um, I don't know how, how many of you are familiar with like John Wimber and that move of healing and, and really just about any move of healing. There, there had to be some type of determination in the person uh, or the group of people that um, whether it was like a healing team or like a healing evangelist or like a grandma on the street corner who had like healing and she just knew like she had, had anointing to like cast out warts or something like that. That's a cool story about the, the John Wimber and the determination. Did you know John Wimber, he's actually the reason why we lay hands on people at the end of services in church. But he prayed for a thousand people before one got healed. And this is back in the 70s when he just got this, this bug in his theology that um, what happened in the Bible is still for today. And there was actually a, a story in his book, Power Healing, where uh, this one Sunday at his church, he had like a thousand people or something like that. And, he, and there was a really bad flu season. And so he called forward everyone who had the flu. And the leadership laid hands on all these people with the flu. No one got healed, and the next day, everyone on leadership had the flu. Oh. <laughs> and so, he, he, <laughs> his, his church was embarrassed. He lost over half his congregation, and, um, and, but he, he kept on laying hands on people. He wouldn't stop it. And finally, someone got healed, and then after that, it just started rolling in. And his church became this center that the world knew about where they, people could go and get healed. He started a movement. And that's something that we were seeing like with the, the interns is uh, really on a daily basis they're being challenged and they're they're facing their fears and they're really putting their reputation on the line like um, you know when they go out to a Starbucks and they're uh, risking their necks for like a word of knowledge or you know uh, for, for healing or for whatever um, extre it's extremely courageous and the story that I, I remembered was I don't care if you love him or hate him, was uh, from Todd Bentley. And his story was, um, I, I, just, I read this line in, in one of his books, and he said, you know, I'm determined to heal the deaf. His story was he, he grew up with a mom who was deaf. So his heart just really was broken for, for deaf people. So he, he had this, this line, they said, Todd, so what did you do uh, when, you, when you wanted to break into that particular realm uh, of healing and gifting? He said, so well, what I decided was I would pray for the deaf, and when they didn't get healed, I would pray for the deaf. And when they didn't get healed, I would pray for the dead. Come on. And it just kept repeating that until the exclamation point came. And he was like, I'm going to pray for the deaf regardless, no matter what. If it takes me, you know, 100 years, he was going to pray for the deaf until he saw what the Bible showed him was available to him. If we, if we limit our uh, understanding of, of God and what he wants to do to our experience, or if we limit scripture to our experience, then we won't step into the greater works. No matter what experiences you've had, the Bible is more true than any experience. Yeah. And the Bible says that when we lay hands on the sick, they'll get healed and we'll cast out demons. These signs will accompany. They follow. Um. <laughs> yes, he was going to preach on that, so I stopped talking. He's <laughs> like, I'm stealing, I'm stealing what he was going to say. Just, that's in your notes, and, right? And that reference is Mark 16, verse 18. <laughs> <laughs> And you can write in your notes. No, in Mark 16, verse 18, it says, uh, they'll lay hands on sick and they will recover. Um, it also says all sorts of other things. But it's like, basically, these signs, really, they really do follow us. Um, which makes, again, like what Olivia said, it went from being a really cool testimony um, from somebody who is growing in faith to actually, without her even realizing it, she was 
following the, the format of the Bible, uh, those signs and wonders were really following her. And all she had to do was kind of let them catch up. Does that make sense? On Monday, we were talking about uh, ministering with your spirit. Uh, talking about how, how, you know, Paul said to the Corinthians, I stuttered so much on that sentence. Um, <laughs> so Monday, we're talking about, Jeremy, you making a funny face at me? <laughs> Everybody having fun? Okay, good. Yay! So I'm talking about ministering with your spirit. Paul says uh, that the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. So we're talking about how to, how to heal somebody from a distance like Jesus did. You know, like in John 7, one of the signs that John records was that he healed somebody from like miles away. That's pretty cool. And so, uh, Ariel, where she's at? Where she's at? Where she's where at? Where you at, girl? Where you at, girl? Ariel Hi. had texted me and said, I'm going to be a little late. I might stay in my car because I'm feeling sick. And I was like, yes. And it's like one of those like moments where you're like, that's good, but that's bad. So she lays down over there, and I was like, hey, we're going to heal you in a moment, but j so just kind of hold on to it. I'm going to talk about this, and then we're going to heal you. And, she, and from over there, like she just pops up her thumb and just thumbs up. <laughs> and like kept going. Well, we start talking about healing and ministering with your spirit, and she goes from like you say a level eight pain to like a level three. Like when we weren't even trying yet. I was like, ah, okay. So she gets up here, and without touching her, without laying hands on her, we just extend healing virtue towards her, having control of our own spirit, and she gets healed completely. And it was it was awesome just seeing how like the power that God put inside of us. We are so powerful mm -hmm. that if we actually if we actually realized how powerful we are it would scare us like we would probably run around like scared a lot and that kind of just comes back to my point in that for the last for the last two weeks I've really felt just a corporate determination growing um, here at the house of prayer um, it was actually the last time that I think Jared led worship there was just this line that he kept repeating over and over again. And it was basically, he might as well has been singing, I'm putting my foot down. Um, and that's what I felt in my spirit. It was just like, hey, there's, a, there's this place where we're putting our foot down and we're going to say sickness isn't allowed through these doors. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, in my opinion, and I, I think my realm of faith is, I think there should be some type of massive biosphere that we release that sickness isn't allowed within like the six to 10 mile radius yeah. of where we live that when uh, a family comes to come and visit from out of town uh, and they don't even know us very well. They got a sick uncle with them. That sick uncle um, is healed as he is, you know, on his way here. Yeah. Yeah. Our health is more contagious than the most powerful illness on the planet. Our health is literally contagious. When Jesus came into his city, he infected it with health. Come on. Man, that's good. Somebody tweet that real quick. Right, I got it. No, no, not you. You got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, your notes are on there. You're doing so good, Chuck. You're so cool. You guys, you guys your are hair looks funny. Great. You guys are funny. Are you losing weight? <laughs> and your hair actually, looks actually great. I am. <laughs> All right, well, we're talking about health. <laughs> Speaking yes, on are. health. Yes, we are. Well, uh, I felt like the Lord, I know the Lord, he, he's got a prescription for it in the Bible, and it's Proverbs uh, 17, 22. Um, and this is my version. It's uh, fun and laughter does the body good like a medicine. Yes. And uh, Proverbs <laughs> like 17, that. 22 says, a merry heart does the body good like a medicine. And when I think of, of Mary, I mean, I think of <laughs> ridiculous joy, like embarrassing joy, yeah. like joy that... that 
when I have it, it, it pushes out anything else. Yeah, like M-E-R-R-Y, um, not M-A-R-Y. Yeah, not the woman. Like Merry Christmas. Yeah, like Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Andrew. When the spirit of Christmas enters your heart. <laughs> That's, that's a good word. Uh, about three months ago, the Lord told me that laughter would be the Trojan horse for Haas. That's awesome. Laughter looks oh. like this innocent little gift that we just let in a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is good. And then all the angels of heaven rush in out of that Trojan horse called laughter. Like a flood. <laughs> <laughs> so it it says a merry heart does the body good. I thought milk did wait, the body wait, good. Wait, how does that go? <laughs> milk does the body good. I've never broken a bone in my life, and I I am an avid milk drinker. Good job. So Jeremy's not. If you don't start laughing, drink milk. Unless you're lactose, and then we'll pray for you to get healed. Yeah, I healed a friend of lactose intolerance once. If anybody wants to get healed of that, just let me know. Everyone in the apartment was appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> she just didn't drink milk. <laughs> and then it says, uh, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So obviously there's, there's something about um, just that, that spirit thing. There's, there's something going on under the surface, you know. Uh, we're body, soul, and spirit. And, and if, I'll just move on into my next verse, which everyone's pretty familiar with. Um, but it's uh, th uh, 3 John uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So, like Jeremy said, I think there's something in the Bible about us being in a good mood. So, like, if I'm happy, you're telling me it affects potentially my bones? Like, if I'm happy, it could heal arthritis in me. If I'm happy... It could destroy degenerative issues and yeah. things that I don't even know how to pronounce. Yeah. And no unbelievers want to go to a sad people convention. They're not going to come through our doors. The Pharisees were angry because Jesus was throwing a party. Seriously. First, the first thing Jesus ever saved was a party. Yep. That's a cool God. That's, that's, I think that's a God that the world is interested in. It's the truth. So. You, know, you, you want to know why Jesus uh, turned the water into wine? Why, Chuck? <laughs> Whatever, regardless of what your theological interpretation of what that, ver wor that word wine is there, um, <laughs> it, it was wine. Um, oh, man. And, uh, I thought it was Welch's. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus my, my, what I think, what, when, I, when I read that verse, what I see is I see the Lord, um, Mary, <laughs> move over, Mary. <laughs> Mary, his mother, not the Mary Jeremy's talking about in his song. Different Mary. Um, I see, you know, Jesus kind of sitting in the corner and <clears throat> looking around and just seeing the fun in the room. Seeing the, the joy on his creation's faces. He's at a wedding. He's watching love happen right in front of him. And I feel like th there was just something in him. He's like, I can't let this end. Yeah. He's like, this party has to keep going. And what's really funny is it's a prophetic picture of you know, the, the, the age to come. It is a party. We're, we're really 
in the next age, the first thing that we have is a party, right? It's a huge festival. It's a huge feast. If you've ever heard Matthew talk about it, I mean, it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, but I just, I just see compassion in him. Matthew's in his own party. Get it, Matthew. Matthew is a party. Get it. But yeah, I just, I just see Jesus over there just like, I don't want this to end. Like the his just you can imagine like the fullness of his compassion, looking at his creation and saying, "This is this is the most this is the most fun." I, I don't want the party to stop. Jesus. And his mom got on his case. And his mom got on his case. <laughs> his mom wanted to party. How cool is that, old woman? That's what I'm talking about. Come on, grandmas. <laughs> I know you like to party. <laughs> That is great. No, seriously. I mean, think about it. His mother really wanted to keep the party going. So that has nothing to do with healing. Other than, I guarantee you, if there had been people there who, you know, let that joy seep into their, into their life, they, they would have got delivered. It does have something to do with healing. Does it? Do you know what Paul said to Timothy when he had frequent stomach illnesses? What did he say? Drink wine. Drink wine with your water. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if that's symbolic for anything. It might be, Chuck. I think it probably is. <laughs> Sarcasm is my love language. <laughs> to a degree. To a degree. What else are we going to talk about? I don't know. That was all I had. No. no, I'm kidding. No, really. I think actually that was all I had. What? Yeah. This isn't about healing, but I do want to heal a bunch of people tonight. Um, but I was thinking about Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, which like gives like the value system of the kingdom. What's the first part about it? It's the Beatitudes, right? Yeah. And blessed doesn't mean like, mm, I'm so blessed. Oh Are you blessed? I'm blessed. I, brother, I, I am so blessed. Highly favored. Highly favored. Blessed bless, bless God, means amen. happy. So when, when Jesus is laying out his big sermon on here's what my kingdom's like, he's like, you're happy if you do this. You're happy, you know, tell your face. Hey, face. And he tells you all these different ways to be happy, and even says like you're happy if you're if you're persecuted because you're just such a happy person because you're. Just <laughs> Tell your face. I'm sorry, dude. That's, one of my, that's seriously one of my favorite things Vince does with our students. It's that if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Because <laughs> you know when people start prophesying, they get all that like the eagle eye, and they're like. <laughs> And you're like, um, calm your face down. <laughs> Fix your face. It's like we have our condemnation radar turned on. <laughs> Simmer down, sniper prophet. Have some fun already. So being the director of prophetic teams, those are actually my favorite moments uh, in, in prophecy when uh, the Holy Spirit just comes and... <laughs> whatever it is that he does just lands on our team and all of a sudden like we can't even contain ourselves and like maybe before we were like real serious like yeah we need some power god give us a word god and then like the next thing we know is like we just can't contain our joy and we're more anointed like in that place of freedom rather than like trying to like press in real hard for like power and like words from abundance and all these things so anyways it's just those are my favorite times on pre uh, prophetic teams and it's like the easiest uh, it really does Follow, it just flows out. It's good in here. It does. Can we heal people now? I think so. I've got some really fun words of knowledge. I've got some good theology. 
I've got some doctrine. You go first. <laughs> do, we, do we need some biblical context before we do it? Yeah, we just do of course it? we do. You're such a good pastor. So in the beginning. <laughs> Turn on your iPhones to Genesis 1-1. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so God get, God created a world, and it was perfect, and he, then he put, like, man and woman in a perfect world and said, this world is yours. Like, take dominion of it. Cultivate, commune, dominate, and multiply. Those are the four purposes of man. And then in comes the serpent, and they hand over the authority to the serpent, who's also known as the great usurper. He usurped our authority, and he's a bad leader. And so Satan is now twisting us through sickness and disease. His favorite thing to do is to twist up the image of God. Who's the image of God? Me. Me. I'm the image of God. So his favorite thing to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. Me. It says in John 10.10, 10, this is Jesus' words. Jesus' words. He said, You're not having fun yet. <laughs> came no, to no kill, steal, and destroy. My, I actually wrote, kill steak. <laughs> He did. I hate that guy. He's trying to kill my steak all the time. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, but I have come oh, that they may have life and life abundantly. And so Jesus came to give back what was being stolen. He came to revive what was being killed. And he came to put back together what was being destroyed. And if you're a cow, that makes you really happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how do we, how do we how do we undo the domain of darkness? It's not a kingdom; it's a domain. It's a usurper. There's one king, and we are representatives of that king. So, how do we undo the domain of darkness? Wow! This is interaction part. Shout it out! He really doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, please tell me. <laughs> We heal like Jesus. He healed. He demonstrated authority over uh, natural disasters. He demonstrated authority over poverty, sickness, disease, injury. He was undoing the works of Satan. There were actually 40, at least 40 miracles recorded just done by Jesus. And then he came along and said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I saith, I saith unto thee, <laughs> Whoever believes in me... <laughs> will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater than these. That's crazy talk, Jesus. You're going to have to prove it. <laughs> if you go to a different church and it's not this fun, <laughs> that's okay. You can come here too. You can come back. We have Thursday nights. Woo! I think I got lightheaded because I was talking too fast. You did great. You're a good fast talker. I'm there really was actually a couple instances where they couldn't keep track of all the people that Jesus healed because they were pushing in on him and everyone got healed. And then the apostles come along. And uh, let's see, where was it? Oh, I didn't write it down. There's this awesome verse where... Um, Every, oh, it's Acts 8-7. For uh, unclean spirits came out of many of them. And as they came out there... No, it's not that verse. 
<laughs> that's a good one, though. Philip, man, that guy. Yeah, demons out. That's good. We'll, we'll talk about that one next Thursday. <laughs> I think it, I think it's like Acts uh, five. It's in Acts five where um, everyone that was in that, like where the apostles were, they all got healed. Like, in other words, not one walked away unhealed. Everyone that came with sickness or injury, yeah. that sickness and injury was undone. And so all those people walked out of there looking like our king. Yeah. Because they were twisted up into the messed up maniacal image of Satan through sickness. And they walked out looking like Jesus.